0: Can Canada become a world leader in cellular agriculture? And how can lab-grown meats help us become net zero by 2050? Here to help provide details on the booming meat alternative industry is Mike Von Massow, Associate Professor of F- of Food, Agriculture, and Resource Economics at the University of Guelph. Good morning to you, Mike. Good morning, Andy. Well, let's get to this because I, this is something I've heard more and more. It seems like really in the past just couple of years, Cellular agriculture, how do we define it, and how does the process work?
1: Well, cellular agriculture is sort of a really broad term that, that defines sort of food products and, as importantly, food ingredients that are made either through uh, culturing cells in, you know, we call them lab-grown or test-tube meat, but culturing cells in large tanks where we can create uh, the the cellular product without having a live animal or a live uh, live plant, and the other side of it is the fermentation products where we can ferment uh, we can we can we can use yeasts and bacteria to ferment products, uh, and those products are a byproduct of the fermentation process. So as an example, uh, we now have yeast. That can produce some dairy proteins, casein and whey, mm-hmm. uh, without ever having seen a cow.
0: Wow. Incredible. It, let's uh, talk about, you know, something that's interesting to me as well. When you talk about the cellular agriculture, and we're always uh, wanting to get things back to, well, get things to, rather, net zero. Uh, that's uh, in the conversation. Looking at uh, 2050 as the dates that we've set here in Canada. Could this process contribute to helping reach that goal?
1: Well, I think this process could help reach that goal from a couple of perspectives. Uh, first, uh, there will be some of these products, and, and again, some of these products are still in very early development. Some of them are still in some researchers' imagination. But there is some early indication that uh, that many of these products will be, will be less, uh, will have lower emissions than some of the traditional sources of those products. Mm-hmm. Uh, not least because we'll be able to produce them domestically and there won't be shipping costs but we know that also with some production there is uh, there 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 is emissions mm-hmm. the other thing i think that that is worth noting is that this will continue to provide an opportunity or pressure to 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 innovate so i think we're seeing in some of our traditional agriculture lots of uh, great minds looking at ways to reduce the carbon footprint of our of our traditional production, and and the 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 development of these cellular agriculture products, I think sort of ups the incentive to do that as, as more com- competitors come in. So I think there's an opportunity for these products to to augment mm-hmm. our food production and and provide. Uh, Complementary uh, food for lower emissions, and to provide uh, a little bit of an incentive to innovate more quickly in our traditional areas.
0: Mike, you mentioned to, to uh, complement. You use the term augment. Uh, you know, still, I think you have to give the industry credit uh, in the sense that the meat alternatives in an all-time high as far as the demand for them, uh, meat and dairy alternatives. Uh, but you know, I'm, I'm wondering, as somebody who, who loves a good steak and loves a, a nice cold glass of milk. Will these alternatives ever really be able to compete you know, against the good old standards? Are they going to always be something that's kind of supplemental or, or an alternative?
1: Well, I, I think that, that there are two questions there, Andy. Yeah. The, first, the first thing is uh, I think, yes, they will compete. I think the technology will get there that this will provide people with an alternative to, uh, to traditional products for those people that want them. Uh, I think there will be people who are uncomfortable with the process and will stay with the traditional. I think there will be people who say, well, look, the, the traditional industry is, is innovating and I can, I can meet my personal... Uh, I can fulfill my personal values on, on emissions and things by still uh, eating traditional products. I think the, 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 the biggest impact will be people like me who are in the middle who say well I'm gonna I'm gonna just diversify my diet I'm gonna eat some of these products but I'm gonna eat some traditional uh, products as well and so yes they will compete Mm -hmm. yes they will put some pressure on demand for food continues to rise in this not only in this country but across the world Uh, and the demand for protein is going up faster than the demand for food as economic development comes I think there's going to be a place for both, uh, I don't see a full replacement in, in my lifetime yeah. uh, and, and I'm not sure that it'll ever be on, on the table that, that, that we completely go away from, where, from how we've traditionally produced food. How we traditionally, the quote unquote traditional food, will change too. We're seeing great innovations uh, reducing emissions in livestock production, we're seeing great innovations in, in traditional crop production. So I think, uh, again, we'll, everything will change, but that there'll be some, uh, there'll, there'll be room for everyone at the table, so to speak. Pardon the pun.
0: Yeah. Oh, I get it. Yep. And, uh, you know, speaking of room for the ta- uh, at the table, you know, we'd, we'd like to get on the ground floor here in Canada and, and I mean, uh, be a leader. What do we need to do as a nation to become a leader when it comes to this type of an industry, or are we doing enough right now?
1: Well, I think uh, we're not doing enough right now. I think there's a real opportunity to to provide, to provide uh, sort of uh, some leadership in getting this thing done. For, for one thing, I think traditional agriculture needs to see this as an opportunity. Doing good science often provides secondary benefits uh, that, that, that weren't anticipated. Look at the space program. So, so we need to stop seeing it as a threat this Technology is going to come regardless, and it's just a question of whether Canada wants to play in this space. Mm. Uh, we need to uh, find ways to incentivize investment. We need to make sure that we're providing a regulatory environment that uh, allows these products to come to the market. Um, we need to support highly qualified uh, personnel in in research settings, and we need to create a, an innovation space that lets that lets startups thrive in a Canadian context and not have to move to other places to find capital, to find good people and those sorts of things. So, so providing some focused effort around that, I think would really position Canada well to get where we want to go.
0: And I would think Mike, the difference between this and uh, traditional agriculture, for example, is the ground that you have, the climate that you live in really doesn't matter at that point.
1: Well, it's different. We will still have feedstocks, and this is one of the reasons that I think Canada is well positioned. You still have to feed those fermenters. You Mm -hmm. still have to feed that yeast. So you don't need necessarily the same land base, the same places that that you've needed historically. But uh, one of the advantages we have is space. We have the feedstocks. We produce them on the prairies. We produce them in Ontario. So, So taking advantage of some of Canada's natural endowments, Mm -hmm. while it may not be sort of what we traditionally view as food production, we do have an opportunity to do it here in Canada and maybe an advantage that some other places don't have.
0: Very interesting. And it uh, could be a a whole new uh, venue and a whole new avenue for our industry. So thank you so much for your time, Mike. We appreciate it.
1: Well, thanks. uh, Thanks for having me.
0: Good stuff. That is Mike von Massau. Uh, Associate Professor of Food, Agriculture, and Resource Economics at the University of Guelph.